It's Topics, the podcast where two comedians discuss serious topics in a serious way. Although if something funny happens, that's fine too. I'm Michael Ian Black, joined as always by Michael Showalter. Good to be here, Michael. Always great to uh, dive into these rich and hearty topics with you. I can almost smell the aroma of this one as if it were a stew that I can't wait to dip my beak into. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, I appreciate the enthusiasm on your part as always. Are you not feeling enthusiastic today? I'm feeling very enthusiastic today. Great. Um, I... Uh, I'm, I was I was just uh, you know appreciating your uh, poesie, as the French would say. Uh, the French, what is that? What does that mean? Well, the, well, it's it's like poem, uh, uh-huh. and the French call it poesie. I see. So, like, I read a poesie. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. But they wouldn't say I read. Uh, they would they would say it in French. Is that right? Is well, right? you know, I, I'm I'm only uh, speculating based on what I know about the, about the Gallic culture uh-huh. and uh, and their love of wine and good food and uh, Marc Chagall. So yes, Cam d'une carcel via en verblanc. Exactly. That, of course, is a poem by Arthur Rambeau. Yes, uh, I know. Well, obviously, I know that. Um, as uh, the the fat gray neck, broad shoulder blades sticking out is uh, just a line off the top of my head. Yes, he's a famous homosexual. Well, let's talk briefly about uh, the podcast for any new listeners out there. There's very simple. Uh, there's only one rule, and that is there are no rules. Um, and uh, basically what that means is we just, we really just let anything happen um, because we find some of the juiciest, richest morsels come from uh, scouring the landscape and, and picking up things that we, we wouldn't have necessarily even thought were food, such as that wonderful line from the great homosexual poet Rimbaud that you just, uh, mm-hmm. you just quoted. Arthur, uh, Arthur Rimbaud. Uh, yes, he was a very famous uh, French poet and uh, thinker and soldier of fortune. If the movies are to be believed, oh, is that right? Yes, the Rambo movies, I believe, are based on his life and exploits as a as a mercenary. Yes, yes, yes. I think you are mistaking mm-hmm. uh, Arthur Rambo, the French poet, with Rambo, um, mm-hmm. John Rambo, uh, the Sylvester Stallone. Trilogy in which uh, good old Sly plays John Rambo, uh, special ops uh, in in the in the war who uh, hides in a, in the woods and kills everybody. Well, I may I may have, and if I did, it's because they are both famous homosexuals, and I think that's where I uh, was confused. Um, per- perhaps, perhaps. Uh, but uh, I'm sure it is a mistake that gets made off all the time. <laughs> I'm the time. sure that's true. And of course, uh, Rambo was uh, a devotee of uh, Paul Verlaine. The in other the movie, the other French poet. So, in the, are you talking about in the movie John Rambo? No, pa- uh, Arthur Rambo was friends with the other French poet Paul Verlaine. Ah, yes, yes. 
the who's, wonderful uh, Verlaine, whose verse I so admire. Yes. What what what's what would hmm? be your favorite poem of Verlaine's? Oh he, my gosh. He wrote he wrote so many. Yes. He wrote so many. Yes. Well, of course. You know his 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 uh, his love affair with Rambo ended so tragically. Mm. Um, but what would, uh, what, what's one of the poems that you like? Well, probably one of the ones about Arthur Rambo. You know the the the, the kind of. Um, Mm, that wonderful earthy verse that he had, you know, that that wonderful way he had of capturing light and image mm. and, yeah, I, uh, I, I, and I agree and, and I tenor agree. and tone and it's just just a just a great talent, just for, a, just a just a great talent. For our reader, for our listeners, would you care to give an example of that earthy tone? You want me? You want me to, to recite from the top of my head? Is that yeah. what you're saying? Well, <laughs> yes. Maybe one of your favorite uh, Verlaine. Oh, gosh, how do I even begin to pick? Obviously, some of we my all we all have a, we all have a favorite. Yes, uh, we all uh, have a favorite Verlaine. I oh. mean, uh, you know, there's there's. Uh, these wonderful, wonderful, wonderful poems. Um, uh, maybe I'll read something from uh, uh, Claire de Lune, um, um, which uh, I know is such a such a good poem. Your soul is as a moonlit landscape fair, and there you get that kind of earthy quality that I was alluding to, peopled with maskers, delicate and dim, that play on lutes and dance and have an air of being sad in their fantastic trim. And of course, I could go on, but you you get you get the the, the basic idea that classic A B rhyming scheme that we have come to associate with Verlaine. Of course, he wrote in French, but the, in the translation, the, the translator has done a wonderful job of uh, mimicking that that rhyming scheme, which uh, which can which can feel, I think, a bit uh, pedantic in the wrong hands. But in the hands of a master, takes on a kind of ethereal quality that that elevates our reading of the poem. Do you agree? Uh, yes, yes, I couldn't have uh, I couldn't have said it any better. Um. Uh, before we before we move on from Verlaine and 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 you know Paul Verlaine obviously worthy of an entire episode uh, on his own, but I do want to just very quickly say um, to any new listeners on each episode of Topics, Michael and I try to uh, 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 explore eighty percent of any given topic. The remaining 20% is left for the study groups. And if you are not already a member of a study group, just uh, go online. Um, there's an entire Reddit uh, community dedicated to study groups and, and finding uh, study groups in your area. Or a lot of people are doing it online. People are meeting uh, virtually. Um, and, and and so we have groups from all over the world communicating in, in one spot. I would encourage you to find a study group. Mm -hmm. It's almost not worth listening to the podcast if you're not going to join a study group yeah. because uh, we provide 80%, but in that 20%, I think an entire universe unfolds when mm -hmm. you when you start doing the work. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. basically what we're doing is we're leading you to the water uh, as a horse, but as the saying goes, we cannot make you drink. And it is in drinking that you really quench your thirst and is that 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 insatiable thirst for knowledge and, uh, and, and, and curiosity that I feel like we're trying to whet mm -hmm. with this podcast. So I'd encourage everybody out there to join a study group. Now, mm -hmm. Michael, do you want to introduce today's topic? 
Yes. Well, uh, you know, as so many of our topics um, happen, they happen sort of uh, tangentially off of uh, working on, we'll be doing research um, on one topic and then that leads, sometimes can lead to a new topic. Um, I don't want to go too into the, the, the behind the scenes um, how it gets made conversations of how topics work but um, we have a small staff um, and we're constantly sifting over different stories, different topic ideas looking at the research, doing a lot of reading um, but this one actually happened more out of out of something that was happening in our personal lives. Yes, um, this one was an, an experiential uh, topic that, um, ar- that ar- arose. And it arose out of something that Mike and I both are going through in our lives right now. Michael uh, built, uh, built a house. Um, we talked about that um, in one of our previous uh, topics, and you're recording the show right now in your amazing studio, which you. Well, told it's us not. About. It definitely is not top flight. I would say it's it's uh, it's probably half a step below that. And yeah, and um, and I uh, just moved to a, a new place, and um, it got us thinking about um, architecture. And um, the history of architecture and um, what are the connections that that we can find um, in the uh, in the long and storied history of of uh, of architecture and buildings and such. And um, and more than that, how it relates to the human experience and the way architecture itself reveals uh, the society in which it is placed. Yeah, yes. I mean, well, yes. I mean, in, in the in, in the olden days, um, buildings were erected as a message to the spirits, to the gods. And we would yes. say we, we build castles and coliseums and cathedrals were built um, for uh, as as to pay to get gods to pay attention and see what 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 they're doing down there, and I think now we see uh, buildings being erected for all sorts of different reasons. Some having to do with uh, affordable housing and uh, what have you. And so, um, Mike, why don't you uh, just pick up from where I'm from where I'm saying. Well, uh, you know, you're 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 dancing around the history of architecture, and you're you're delving into our ancient past and bringing it to today's themes. All of which I'd like to weave together with today's topic: architecture as social commentary, edifice wrecked. Hi, it's Michael Ian Black from the Topics Podcast. You know, after thousands of hours of researching carpet fibers and lying around thinking about public statues and experimenting with new forms of flawless insults, Australian author and comedian David Teak accidentally stumbled upon what may well go down as man's greatest discovery, a whole new level of awesome previously thought by scientists and philosophers to be unreachable. Awesomeness is. Do you want to achieve awesomeness 
is? In that case, we've got great news. David Teak wrote a book to help you get there, and it's called OK Intriguing Hell Yeah! Awesomeness is. With Teak's book, your life could be full of riches you've never before imagined as you read through his 54 thought provoking and comedic essays. Here's just a sampling of some of the questions you'll find answers for. Where heaven might be hiding? How to tell once and for all if you're a scientist? What's the coolest thing to go to jail for? Why is carpet so damn awesome? And so many more. What's the new trendy pet to avoid? And and, and again, so many more. Okay, intriguing. Hell yeah. Awesomeness is, is available at Amazon, BarnesNoble.com, and your favorite online book retailers. So go check it out. So let's pick up where you began, and that is um, in the in in the dim mists of history, when architecture uh, began as a kind of offering to the unseen spirits hovering about, as if to say, "Here I am, favor me with your goodness." Yes. And what yes. are some of the earlier examples of of that kind of architecture, Michael? Um, well, uh, the, of course, the Roman basilica. Yes. The, basi- yes, the basilica, um, yes. with 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 its with its tresses and its um, with its tresses and its uh, apps, asps, apps is yes, and its nave. But I want to go even further back because you're you're coming into a kind of a, a, a Christian Saint Peter's era. Basilica in yes. Vatican City. Yes, but I but I'd like to go back even further to a kind of pre-monotheistic mm, culture, mm, uh, the kind mm, of uh, wild yes. pagan festivals yes. that, that I sometimes long for, pre-Dionysian yes. even yes, if we can. Yes, yes. If we can, uh, yes. you know, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Of, oh, I know um, what you're thinking of. What's that? Uh, uh, the Sphinx. Well, sure, the Sphinx, the, the which pyramids, is, uh, the pyramids. Yes, the pyramids. Uh, what, what, what did they say, Michael, about those who erected them? And there's that word again, erection. What did they say about uh, the great pharaohs and Egyptian royalty as they contemplated their relationship with their, gun, their god Ra, the sun god, and Thor, the god of thunder? Who? Who? who, who the, did, what the did Egyptians. Who, what did who the, say? What, what does it say about the rulers, the ruling class, uh, the ancient Egyptian ruling class? We're talking about social commentary. That they, had, these, that they had money? Yes, yes. That they had a lot of money? Yes, yes. What else? Many, many dollars the at their right disposal. Answer? Is that the right answer? Well, I don't know that there is an, a correct answer or an incorrect answer, but that is the right answer, yes. They had a lot of money and power and these these pyramids were aligned in such a way to maximize their prestige and when the citizens would wander out into the, the great Sahara Desert to look at them, they would say, my goodness, this pharaoh had a lot of dollars and so many slaves to mm-hmm, make this mm-hmm. this pyramid and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and wasn't he powerful mm-hmm. and, uh, and and I am nothing mm-hmm. compared to that. I am mm-hmm. I am just a just a grain of sand here in the Sahara Desert. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the pyramids uh, is an early uh, is a very good early example of 
triangles. Architecture. Tri- uh, yes. well, well, and triangles. Yes. And tri- yes. But, well, a triangle is an architectural object, isn't it, Michael? <laughs> I suppose it is. It's one yes. of the big three, one of the big three in architecture. If you've well, ever let's read it. quickly name the other two. The triangle. triangle the square. The square. And the circle. Uh, circle, yes, the circle. Which, if you cut in half, becomes the arch. The arch. Yes, yes, the arch, the arched way. And so we see such a clear lineage to where the arched way becomes such a uh, really uh, cursing, a cursor pointing north. Ah, Um, The arched way pointing north. Go north, young man. And of course, all the architects followed that arch to where it led. Well, it Um, leads. It leads right from a from a line. Uh, from Alexandria, Egypt, and now we we return to Rome, where we see the arched aqueducts carrying mm-hmm. the stuff of life, water, mm-hmm. into the city, mm-hmm. uh, where 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 uh, where architecture takes on a kind of uh, social contract with the people, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yes, you have the arch- you have the aqueducts, which 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 was a real game changer yes. uh, to where a society was actually able to grow now because they had a way to move the water uh, around, and this becomes an early example, Michael, of infrastructure. Yes, and the Romans were so good at that because elsewhere you had what did you have, Michael? You had Vikings. You had these. Uh, these hordes of barbarians. Well, it, was just, it was just cannibals and savages everywhere were, you looked. They were barbarians. Yes. Uh, going they, around, killing people, but nothing was... Uh, well, there was a real impermanence to all of it, wasn't right. there? Yes. A kind yes. of nomadicism, which yes. which we can romanticize, you yes. know, yes. when yes. we when we talk about the uh, the, the wandering uh, minstrels, and we say, "Oh my goodness, uh, how, what a romantic life that must have been!" But of course, the the need for nomadicism had to do with the need to provide constant sources of food, and without yes. agriculture, yes. when none of these none of these cannibals and savages had yes. had, had, yes. had agriculture. Yes. Or they they had to wander and, and they yes. were hunter gatherers, yes. weren't they, Michael? They were hunter gatherers. And what were they gathering, Michael? Nuts they, and berries. Yes. And what were they doing with those nuts and berries? Stuffing as them we, in their cheeks. Yes, Michael. As we move from those aqueducts, like the water flowing through the primitive sewer systems that were uh, not so, so primitive, Michael. Well, I mean, some of this infrastructure is still in place. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and if you and let me tell you something, some of the uh, the local water company here in the city of Los Angeles uh, could learn a thing or two from the Romans. <laughs> Uh, the uh, the primitive the the aqueducts as these uh, barbarians were cr- uh, collecting nuts and berries and they were keeping and they were collecting twigs and mud as they built their say it with me Michael. Thatched roofs. Yes. And that is we the next major advancement in architecture is the thatched roof. Well, before the thatched roof, of course, all you had was uh, you had open air well, homes. Well, they were unthatched. I they mean, were the, unthatched. I mean, I, I mean, I think that it, that in the simplest terms, prior to the thatched roof, all the roofs were unthatched. Yes, and of you know, of course, the inventor of 
of thatching is is lost uh, to time, but we owe well, that. There are, there are we, theories. There, there, are, there theories, are theories. Yes, there are theories. Why don't you elucidate one of them for us? The most popular, of course, is dot dot dot. Uh, well, Sir Thomas Brickleberry, of course. Yes. Uh, Sir Thomas uh, uh, Everdon Brickleberry, the great uh, Thatcher, art, Thatcher, and architect um, out of uh, uh, Yorkshire, uh, who was in his free time um, a huntsman and a shoesman um, who hunted and shooed as well as thatched yes and he uh, collected twigs thus creating the world's very first say it with me Michael shoehorn shoehorn no I was saying shoehorn yes right but uh, Uh, yes well, the, yes, I mean, the, the, the arguments for and against are many and, and are easily uh, obtainable online if you're interested in the controversy. Um, but regardless, the thatched roof became a kind of egalitarian architecture, mm, didn't it? Yes. Because, because anybody could find twigs and sticks in the, in the, in the, the woods. There's that and anybody, word again. There's yes. that word again, egalitarian. Yes. Yes. And uh, so for the first time, we we find people uh, erecting their own homes um, from from sticks and mud and and then and then going about the process of thatching. their yes. And we see this as the rise of the middle class and we see yes. this as the rise of the working class to where well, it's it's the industrial revolution, the well, first yes. industrial revolution. Yes, it is. It is to where a no, lesser known industrial right. revolution. Yes. To where no longer were um, these uh, buildings and these homes and these cathedrals um, where these erections were no longer just for the gods, but these erections were now for the people themselves. Anybody could now have an erection, which was a revolution at the time. Um, A child with sufficient skill could have an erection. Yes, and you see erections popping up all over the globe. And you see erections popping up in in Asia. You see erections popping up in yes. in Africa. Erections yes. popping up all over Europe, of course. Well, even some of the, the earlier uh, 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 Mesoamerican tribes are, are suddenly becoming fully erect. And the reasons for this are this kind of, um, this new technology. Yes, and I mean, and the population explodes as yes, a result. Yes, yes, yes. And, because and, now, now there are so many erections that that people can go well, about and, the business of being people. Well, and this is what a society is, isn't it? Yes. I mean, when when uh, the, this is how societies grow, and so as we've said, um, you know, um, you have uh, people popping erections all over the globe, um, thus leading to. Um, a greater middle class. Um, uh, you have strife, um, political strife between the m- middle classes and the upper classes, um, which leads to, and you already said it, our next major um, architectural advancement, which is bricks. Yes. When did I say bricks? Um, I thought you said bricks. 
But maybe you didn't say bricks. Well, I was thinking about bricks. Um, immortalized in the story of the three little pigs. Well, the the second, uh, the first pigs used thatch technology, of course, and and we see that as much of a revolution as it was, and as democratizing as it was, it was still a vulnerable technology, um, vulnerable to wolves. Yes, but the wolf could come in many forms. It could be uh, it could be storms or winds or, or as you said, political strife, um, fire, you know, can, can, can burn these thatched roofs and yes. sweep away entire towns yes. just as quickly as you say, Kathmandu, you know, these, yes. these towns can be swept away in great conflagrations. And we saw that from time to and time. So, and so now what you have is you, well, yes, the conflagrations and you had monsoons and, and, uh, what have you, um, the thatched roof was no longer, uh, su- sufficient um, now you have uh, erections that are literally rock hard. Yes. And yes. The, the advantage of that is so clear, as is so evidenced in the story of the three little pigs. Well, this erection is going to be sturdier, isn't it? It's going to withstand more. It's going to uh, stand the test of time, won't it? Yes. There's a, kind of, there's a kind of permanence to this. Arrangement. There's a permanence to it. There's a spongy, uh, a sort of a spongy outer layer. Okay. Um, can you can you explain that a little bit more? Because I'm. Well, I'm, I'm just. I guess. Well, you, you know, uh, uh, the bricks are porous, of course. Of course. And yes. so in so this the, the bricks have a sort of a, 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 a there's a spongy quality to it, but but they're hardened. So oh, yes. so a brick is a sort of a hardened sponge. Yes. And so I'm I'm saying that with a brick house, what you have is this sort of hard, spongy outer layer. Mm. Mm-hmm. Do, you know, do, do, do you know what I mean? I think so. I mean, you're 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 getting down into the granular level of things, which I always appreciate when you do, because sometimes, you know, dipping our beak into something isn't quite good enough. We need mm. to sort of uh, drill a little bit deeper and get yes. really granular yeah. with it. Yes. I'm glad yes. I'm glad you're doing that. Yeah, we need to drill deeper. We need sometimes we need to pump harder to find um you know, we just need to pump and and, yeah, well, and and gyrate and find what's down there, you know. Um, and in doing so, you know, when you when you pump and you dig and you drill and you uh, exert yourself, what you find is a wellspring sometimes, mm-hmm. and uh, and and great fluids come gushing from the mm-hmm. wellspring, and we can we intellectual fluids. Yes, yes. Um, you know, we've we've we have talked about bricks and social commentary of uh, the kind of the kind of the, the, the permanent class, um, which becomes the ruling class, doesn't it? And then this this sense of uh, of egalitarianism erodes a little bit, and now we're into the French Revolution mm-hmm. um, and and the burning and sacking of Versailles mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. when 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 the building itself Versailles became a symbol for all that is gaudy and wrong mm-hmm. and corrupting mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in architecture mm-hmm. and in, and indeed in in the culture. Mm-hmm. 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 Yes. Yes. Yes, and 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 that architecture gives way to what we now. Well, what call was that architecture? The it was uh, it was the it was the it was uh, the French architecture. Like what 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 what, what Versailles being, Versailles. What's that? Just a big building? 
it's a a castle Mm. where the sun king there and there's that phrase again the sun king Mm. we talked about the egyptian sun king ra but now i'm i'm talking about louis ck the 14th who was uh the king he was the 14th king louis Louis ck the 14th he was the 14th king uh, yes. of France. And then yes. his wife, Marie Claire, who, who said, uh, let them eat cake. Um, mm-hmm. she, that, that remark cost her her head. Mm. Henry VIII uh, well, beheaded all of his wives, as I yes, recall. Yes, and now we're seeing uh, that play out again in the, in, the, in, in the desolate sands of the Middle East, uh, and that's a tragedy. Uh, but, it, but, you know... Where, where no twigs can be collected because it, it's, there are no trees. Because it is desolate, yes. uh, spiritually in some ways yes. desolate, yes. I would say. Yes, yes. Um, and there are no trees. How can you build a thatched roof without a twig? Of course. You know, of course. You know, I mean, these are all big questions, very big questions. Very big, very important. Um, but I, and, I, and, I, and I think maybe um, we didn't, we didn't uh, I mean, we're still in the 18th century, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> well, very quickly, uh, you know, just to kind of wrap it up, we can we can skip across the pond to America and the skyscraper, the, that great, uh, almost phallic erection, you know, if I may be so bold, um, this kind of uh, jutting into the sky, the, almost a tower of Babel, if you will, this idea of pushing ever upwards to show American might and and uh, this this new uh, this new culture, this new dynamic uh, people that are springing up from mm. this uh, once agrarian lands, but but now affecting a kind of dynamo of industry, mm-hmm. and uh, the skyscraper, of course, becomes a symbol for that for that dynamism. Mm. Uh, I'm thinking now of the Woolworth Building and the ziggurats and yes, yes, yes. the obelisks, yes, 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 and, and and Las Vegas, yes, yes. And, and and now, as we head into the twenty first century, uh, we we look all over the globe for these kinds of architectural statements. Uh, uh, in in Dubai, for example, where entire islands are being crafted from the sea, um, a kind of uh, a kind of uh, a kind of biblical uh, uh, a reinvention of of what it means to to uh, to to create heaven and earth. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. As if they're saying, you know, we we are now we are our own gods, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, it's it's really remarkable, mm-hmm. you know, when mm-hmm. you when you when you delve yeah. into well, 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 let's architecture. Def- well, let's definitely commentary. talk about this uh, more later. Well, I think we've done. 80 percent. I feel very comfortable saying that we've we've done 80 percent. OK. Um, you know, we in in just as 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 a, as a, as a, as a quick postscript. Yeah, you have to go. But as a quick postscript, we talk about edifice wrecked. Yeah, and uh, and we didn't we we didn't get to that really. Well, I'd like to get to it, but which I, I is, really have which, to go. Which is just to say. I hope that these edifices that we erected today, these edifices of the mind, last longer than some of the buildings that have crumbled into the sands of time. I totally agree. I totally agree. 
Well, well, and we will talk more uh, about this or something else. I'm sure. Uh, but until next time, I'll uh, I'll see you on another episode of Topics. That'd be great. Hello. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Topics. Please help us get the word out about the show by writing us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you'd like to write to us a question or a comment about this episode or any episode, please do. Our email address is topicspodcasts at gmail.com. Thank you. This has been an Earwolf Media production. Executive producers Jeff Ulrich and Scott Aukerman. For more information, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolfradio.com The Wolf Dead.